This is MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch Daily News Brief for Monday, March 22nd, 2010. Uh, the news of today is really all about last night's UFC on Versus card, as well as the Dream 13 events that came this morning in North America on HDNet. Um, really, the story of last night is Junior Dos Santos and John Jones. Um, Dos Santos came into his fight with Gabriel Gonzaga, uh, and a lot of people... We're looking at it as uh, this was going to be the first test of what Dos Santos had on the ground, and it just didn't come to fruition because he, he hit the ground once and was able to get himself right back to his feet. And uh, when, when they were uh, in the stand-up par- portion of the fight, Dos Santos was beating Gonzaga to the punch. He was hitting him with combinations. He was just faster and quicker and finally caught Gonzaga with a left hook that dropped him, and uh, he landed... Uh, three or four more shots on the ground that put Gonzaga out cold. So um, Junior Dos Santos is now uh, emerging as, as definitely right in the title picture mix um, with the Kane Velasquez's, Frank Mir, and Shane Carwin as well. Uh, I, I uh, you know, we talked about this on the live cast yesterday that if, if Dos Santos won this fight, the, the fight that would look good probably is Kane Velasquez against Junior Dos Santos. Um, and I was initially on the side that, uh, yeah, I like that fight, but it would take one of them out of title contention when they both could be title contenders possibly this year. But uh, uh, the more that I've looked at it and the seeing other people's arguments for this fight, I think it's one that they should put together for this summer uh, on the same card that Brock Lesnar defends his title against either Frank Mir or Shane Carwin. And uh, that that would just be uh, a perfect way to set up the next number one contender because it would be a clear number one contender, the winner coming out of uh, Velasquez and uh, Dos Santos here because both of them ha- have emerged over the last year as, as serious threats to anyone atop the heavyweight division. Uh, Velasquez just finally made his mark against uh, Noguera, but Dos Santos has continued to make his mark uh, against fighter after fighter after fighter, and after his victories over Gilbert Ival and uh, now Gabriel Gonzaga this year, Dos Santos is ready for um, a number one contender fight, and I mean, if you make Cain Velasquez sit on the sidelines to fight the winner of uh, Lesnar um, against either Mir or Carwin, um, then I, I think you put Dos Santos in there maybe with uh, a Czech Congo uh, after Congo's victory over Paul Buntello or maybe the loser of Carwin Mir, and you still risk him uh, getting derailed. And I, I think you just uh, – I, I think neither fighter loses a lot if they lose against one another um, because, you know, if, if Cain Velasquez loses to Junior Dos Santos, he's got plenty of time to, to pick up a – two, three-fight win streak and get right back to a title shot. If Dos Santos loses against uh, Cain Velasquez, he can do the same. So uh, both of them still have plenty of time to get back to the to a title shot if one of them gets derailed in a fight against one another. Um, the other main thing coming out of this card was, of course, uh, John Bones Jones with yet another spectacular performance. I mean, there's not enough good things you can say about this kid. He's 22 years old. And, you know, Brandon Vera was supposed to be this big test for him. He was supposed to be um, just 
the veteran that was so good at so many different things, even though we hadn't seen a whole lot um, of that potential in Brandon Vera put together over his last six fights. And in this fight, Jones just came out and uh, uh, took it to him from the get-go. I mean, the the hip toss uh, throw that he had to get Vera down to the ground right off the bat. Vera is a very high-level wrestler, and here's John Jones just absolutely uh, manhandling yet another guy and taking him to the ground. Uh, his just mixture of grappling and uh, the, the things that he brings into his overall game from a striking standpoint, from a grappling and uh, standpoint to the throws that he does. Um, it's just, it's so, uh, you know, it's almost like a controlled wildness where uh, he, he's, he's out there and he's swinging things and he's, he's finicking in his offense and doing what he needs to do in these fights. But uh, it's just really fun to watch. It's creative. It's, it's free flowing. And uh, uh, under Greg Jackson's tutelage, this is going to be, uh, I mean, sky is the limit for John Jones. He's only 22. He legitimately could be um, the next real big thing in this sport, and he might already be there. Uh, I, I, there's some people that want to fast-track him in the light heavyweight division. Others are saying, um, you know, let him continue to develop. He doesn't need to be thrown to the wolves. But, you know what, it, it might be time to toss him to um, the... Luis Canes, the Tiago Silvas, the Forrest Griffins, the uh, uh, the Hogario Noguera uh, type fighters get into that. I mean, I mean, he can take on a top ten light heavyweight right now, and uh, I, I I don't think there's any um, issue in in putting him in there after what he did to Brandon Vera last night, which is he, he <laughs> from Brandon Vera's guard he landed an elbow that connected right to the uh, the cheek of Brandon Vera and actually fractured his cheekbone in three places. That's, <laughs> you don't see uh, an elbow ending a fight other than cuts most of the time, and Jones just destroyed Vera's face. Vera had to roll over and cover up because he was in obvious pain. I mean, John Jones is more than the real deal. He, uh, I mean, it's just been incredible to watch his, his progression from fight to fight to fight because... Uh, he's just getting better and better and better, and he's only two years into his career. He's this good now, and you can throw him to the Wolves right now, because even if he loses against a high-level guy, uh, say you throw him in there with uh, uh, Hogario Noguera after his fight with uh, Forrest Griffin, um, you, you throw that fight together. If he loses to a guy like Little Nog... That's not a knock on him at all. That's just, you know what, you, you came up short against one of the better fighters in the division. And, and if he wins a fight like that, I, I mean, there's no telling what this kid can do. And, and even if he gets derailed a little bit, he doesn't, I mean, he's got the DQ loss uh, to Matt Hamill. He can handle a loss at 22 years old and still be able to make a run back up to the light heavyweight title. And, and to, to getting a title shot there. I mean, just look at what GSP did early in his career and getting derailed by Matt Hughes and, um, you know, coming back better and stronger and uh, more improved than ever. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to put the Jones as the next GSP label on him just yet, but it, there are similarities in the fact that he's a young guy coming up on a big run. And, uh, I, I mean, he... 
he's ready to fight top competition. I think after that performance against Brandon Vera, he's ready to fight top competition, and uh, the hype is completely justified. I mean, it's not it's not hype; it's reality. John Jones is the real deal. Bones, um, you know, it, it's going to be exciting to watch him fight. And the next time he's out, it's going to be another event. I mean, you can keep putting him on fight night uh, main events, or you can toss him on a co-main event of a big pay-per-view. I think you can sell a fight with him against just about anyone right now in the light heavyweight division after uh, the way he, he went through Vera and the way he destroyed Matt Hamill before the DQ. Um, he's going to be a fun, fun fighter to, to watch continue to progress, and uh, he's it's ridiculous because he's just getting better and better. Uh, for the... Um, card, no fight of the night bonus was handed out. Uh, they handed out three knockout of the night awards to Dos Santos and Jones, as well as John Howard, uh, who picked up a vicious, vicious knockout of Daniel Roberts from the preliminary card. That one made the uh, versus broadcast, uh, and he was actually, you know, Roberts was giving him everything he could handle for a while before uh, he picked him up and slammed him really hard, and then uh, stood up and dropped back down into the guard with a, a vicious left that knocked Roberts out cold. Uh, unfortunately, the referee was not there uh, right away to stop the two or three more shots that uh, Howard hit Roberts with uh, as he was unprotected, but because he was he was completely out. But uh, very good performance from John Howard, uh, and you know his first clear uh, victory after a couple of. Uh, questionable split decisions, and then a come-from-behind win in a fight that he was losing uh, in his third bout. But uh, Clay Guida took home the submission of the night. It was, uh, by default, as he was the only submission of the night with an arm triangle over Shannon Gugarty, but uh, all four of those fighters took home $50,000 fight night. The other major event that took place was the uh, Dream 13 card over in Japan, uh, Sean Ennis just posted up his um, blow-by-blow report of that card from HDNet. Uh, Josh Barnett made his uh, return to mixed martial arts in controversial fashion as uh, he kicked Mighty Mo with a, a vicious low blow. Uh, it was either a kick or a knee. I can't uh, remember exactly, but it was a, it was a vicious low blow that um, caused a 12-minute delay in the fight before Mighty Mo eventually uh, continued, and then um, from there Barnett got him down and forced him to tap to a Kimura before he even uh, had it really cinched in. Uh, Mo, Mo was just completely out of it, but uh, Barnett did offer Mo a, a, a free shot, a free low blow after the fight, which he took and then walked out. Uh, other action on that card, KJ Noons returned to MMA action and picked up a unanimous decision victory. Um, and then uh, Viviano Fernandez, the Dream Featherweight champion, uh, Dream's featherweight division is 139 pounds, uh, took on uh, Joachim Hellboy Hansen and uh, defeated him by a split decision to retain his uh, featherweight title. So that was the uh, the action from Japan. Um, back to the, the UFC card, uh, the, that was their first event on Versus. They've got two... Uh, contracted for this year on Versus, and we now know when the second one will be taking place. It will be August 1st from Oakland, California. Um, no word on a venue yet, but uh, we've got the city and the date. 
that will be UFC on Versus on August 1st. Uh, finally, just some comments from Dana White after the uh, the event, uh, talking about Jake Shields and Strikeforce and Showtime. Um, you know, he talks about how his war is with Showtime. Unfortunately, Scott Coker and Strikeforce are caught in the middle of it because Dana White has this uh, vendetta against the, at the people at Showtime, at least one guy uh, involved with Showtime and their uh, MMA department, their sports department. And he's basically said that they're going to go uh, against one another. They're going to fight until one of them isn't there. And he said he can guarantee, it's not, uh, guarantee it won't be uh, us going away. So uh, he moved on into discussion on Jake Shields fighting Dan Henderson and um, the fact that he thinks it's a ridiculous matchup with Henderson being just a much bigger fighter and, and um, Shields being a natural 170 fighter. So uh, basically it's just going to... Uh, the already fueled speculation on Jake Shields going to UFC following this fight with Dan Henderson is going to gain even more steam because I think the only way... Jake Shields does not end up in the UFC after this fight with uh, Dan Henderson on April 17th is if the UFC drives his price way up and Strikeforce pays him to stay. Uh, I, I think Shields' future is in the UFC's welterweight division. I think there are just far too many fights for him and far much, or just a lot more money for him to make in the UFC uh, compared to Strikeforce and not really having a whole lot of challengers and people that he can face right now. So uh, I, I think uh, with Dana White saying that, you know, I'll be a part of driving that price up and letting Jake uh, stick it back to the Showtime people and let them deal with the money if uh, uh, they, they actually pay him to stay on should he beat Dan Henderson. Um, and also saying, you know, even if he loses, it's just with the way that matchup is, they'd still be interested in him for uh, the welterweight division. So I think Jake Shields will be UFC-bound after uh, Strike Force on CBS. And uh, I, I think it's just, a, it's just a matter of time after that fight takes place for uh, the UFC to, to go after him and, and to get something done. So uh, ran about 15 minutes here today, uh, and we'll, we'll be back with more throughout the week on this card, and we're gearing up for UFC 111 coverage as that comes live Saturday um, from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. So thanks for listening into to the uh, uh, daily update here today. We'll be back with more tomorrow. This is Jamie Pennick signing off.